Hello everyone and welcome back to the Team Talk podcast. This is episode five. Uh, today we've got a bit of a Q&A for you. Um, we've been sent quite a lot of questions. Um, so essentially today we're just going to answer them. Um, we have got quite a few questions, so it'll either go one of two ways. We'll try and, um, we'll try and hurry some of the questions up, um, but also it might be a little bit longer than normal. So we'll just see how it goes. So... As always, we are joined by Matt, Tom, Nath, and Lawrence. And, Hello. Um, yeah, to start with, did anyone have anything they wanted to say before we start? Or Just thank you all for your Hello. questions, really. Uh, okay, right. Well, <laughs> start with a question from Alex Pratt11, who says... Uh, thoughts on Trent being left out of the latest England squad given right back debate in previous podcasts? I think that's a very good question. Um, and I think we were all a bit shocked when we found out the team the team news and he wasn't included in the squad. I mean, we all put him in our joint 23 man squad, didn't we? We, <clears> we, all yeah. agreed, we all agreed that off current form, he's, he realistically shouldn't be going to the Euros. So it's ballsy from Southgate to leave him out. Because yeah. he is the best right back England have got, realistically. He brought, he took ten defenders for these qualifiers, didn't he? He's brought ten defenders. Yeah, along, yeah, which is a lot. But is, is he is he in better form than what Trippier is in at the moment? I know. No, no one near. <clears throat> no, yeah, definitely not. He like what what we said is like he doesn't deserve to be in the squad, and Southgate's actually gone and done it. Like you know, we've got other right backs that are in far better form than um, Trent. Yeah. I personally agree with the the decision that Southgate's made for him not to go. Yeah. Um, I don't know about I don't know about the about you lot. Um, I don't really think that it is the right decision because he's also taken Dyer, who I think if you watched one of the previous episodes where we discussed the England squad, I think all of us agreed that he absolutely shouldn't be going anywhere near the squad. Um, so I think I, it's a bit unfair on Trent. I think Gareth Southgate, didn't he? He came out and said something about um, he said something about he hasn't had experience in this at this level or something, which I think is that's just BS. I mean, he hasn't, to be fair. Uh, but he's won the Premier League and he's won the Champions. Oh, I totally agree with that. But um, like, what? How many games has he played for England? Because he went to the last World Cup, didn't he? But barely played. I think he played in the game against um, Belgium, maybe. Yeah, but he's just play. He's just won the he's won the Champions League, isn't he? and he's got Champions Champions League finalist, Champions League winner, and he's a Premier yeah, League um, Premier League winner as well. I mean, he has got experience on the big stage, isn't he? Yeah, I, I mean, it, I'm not saying he hasn't got this experience, but if he hasn't been playing well for his club recently, then why would you take him when he hasn't also got that experience for England? You know, like Jordan Pickford, he can have a shocker for Everton. But because he's got that experience with England, he isn't England's number one. So Trent yeah. doesn't have that. And it also no, makes you question, point. like, if he's taking that attitude towards Trent, why is he not taking that attitude towards Rhys James? Because Rhys James has had no experience in, in England or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he's arguably played better for Chelsea this season than Trent's played. No, I agree. But, like, that's not his argument. <clears throat> if, he's, if he's talking about experience at that level, then why is he not taking that attitude towards all the other players? I would yeah. have preferred it. I really, I, I don't know if he has. He might have really would have preferred it if he just said he's not been good enough this season. 
Yeah, I feel like that would have, if he had said that, that would have closed a lot of like questions, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think we're, I think, I don't know. I think I'm a bit with that. I think we're all like agreed because he hasn't been good enough. And if you're going on proved experiences, that's unfair on the people who are currently performing really well. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I go, like going into it, you, I, I, well, I definitely thought that Trent was a dead set. Yeah, but it, it's always been that way, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's good to see. Yeah. It's good to see that it is now coming down to like four. Well, to some extent, because that's how you should be picking the team, shouldn't you? Like, you should be picking your is, team off their form. Yeah, that season. It's it's a common phrase as well at the moment. It's quite a good headache to have, isn't it? Because we have got some like quality yeah. defenders yeah. going around for England, and even if we're leaving Trent out. We're leaving Trent Alexander Arnold out, like Matt said, he's a Champions League winner, yeah. Premier League winner as well. Like I just think the options there, but obviously he hasn't been as good. So hopefully by the Euros he picks up form and then he will he'll be back in the squad. Because I do I do believe he should go. Yeah. Uh, the following question for me, I was I was I was gonna say, do you always reckon that he will end up in the Euro squad then? Going off I think he will, yeah. I think he will. No, I think if um if Trippier doesn't get his suspension put in, then I don't think Trent will end up going. Really? Was, well, he didn't get into this squad, and it was twenty-six man. And the next squad's the Euro squad's twenty-three. Walker's not going to drop in form. If Trippier I mean, keeps playing, he's probably not going to drop in form. So why would you all of a sudden bring a third right back with you? These, these qualifiers are a good, a good um, test, I guess. So like, yeah, yeah, test other players, see how they perform. Because obviously, you know if. If these players play really well, then you don't need to take Trent if he's not performing. Like if he's if he's the best right back to take, then he's obviously going to go. But if he doesn't deserve that place, then he shouldn't go. I think we'll find out a lot more when we play Poland at the end of March. We'll find out a lot more as where Southgate sees us going. Yeah, yeah. formation wise. England have got three games, haven't they? Coming yeah, up. Yeah, San Marino, Albania, Albania and Poland. And Poland. <clears throat> Sorry, and then Poland. Yeah. <laughs> That was a good question. The first two are just to get some players some minutes, probably, and just test out some formations here and there because we're going to win both of those anyway. And the Poland game will be the one where we see who he wants to start. Yeah, I, I, that was yeah. that was a good question. Um, to be honest with you, I I I still don't really know the answer. I I, I think I personally think it's still a little bit unfair on Trent. Um, but I mean that's not what wins you. Like being fair isn't what wins you football matches, is it? I suppose. Spot on. So, yeah, you've, I mean, respect for Gareth Southgate, but I don't know. I feel quite bad, I guess. Mm. I mean, it wasn't me personally that, that made that decision. So <laughs> bad. You know, are, you, are you sure? <laughs> I thought it was. Josh pulling the strings. Um, I'm a couple of these Trent Josh dropping it. All right. We win the Euros now. Down to you, Cena. Well, if I was manager, we would have won it. You'd have, ta- you'd have taken... Um, Callum Hudson Adoy, wouldn't you? Like <laughs> I would have taken eleven Callum Hudson Adoys. <laughs> Played them. Um, all right. Anyway, should we move on to the next question? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Go for it. That was a good question. Shout out to you, Alex Pratt, eleven. So, uh, these questions were forwarded to me from yourself, Tom, um, and they. Yep. So the first one about uh, Martin Wenger's new rules and whether they should be implemented. Perfect. So. so- yeah, here we I've go. Got, um, up, 
for the for this. All right, up, up, up to Steve Collier because uh, we was chatting about this the other night. Um, obviously, since stepping down as Arsenal coach a while back, uh, Arsene Wenger took a role, um, and he has took a role. Uh, some, he took a role. Where's where he going to roll up in FIFA, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sorry, Matt. Is that all right? But it was just the way you say it, like he just nicked a bit of bread. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's he's kind of come up with some rules that he could bring into the um, football that would arguably make the game better to play. Um, I personally don't agree with some of them, but I will read out some that he has said. Um, one of them is, you are only offside if any part of the body that you can score with um, is offside. So if your chest is offside, for example, if you're leading forward, your chest is offside, you'd be fine, but if it was your foot, because you can score with your foot, you'd be offside. Does that make sense? You, you can score with your chest. Yeah, with your chest. I thought that's how the offside rule worked now, because the bit of your body you can't score with is your arms. Also, yeah. how do you be stood in a stance where your chest would be yeah. offside? Well, if you're, if, if, you're, if, you're lean, if, you're, if you're leaning forward... Yeah, but then your head's right, short. Right. Right, your right, neck's we'll, just we'll, 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 the arm, right, we'll, we'll use the arms then. We'll use the arms as an example. Isn't that the rules now, though? If your arms like no, then, yeah, because right. they do it off the top of your sleeve. Yeah, but I don't. Know, no, but if referees at the moment know the rules, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, I spawned to be fair, so you know. Right, it is supposed to be the top of your sleeve. Yeah, so because you can score with your shoulders, so I'm pretty sure that is already the rule. No, no, but I'm pretty sure if the arm, if, if your arms out like this, like right out in front of you, then you're going to be offside, isn't it? No, well, not if there's a defender in front of you, or not. <laughs> but obviously not, Matt. No, no, but Tom, they don't go off like the end of your hand. They go off your shoulder, which is because you can score with your shoulder. If that is the rule now, though, you look at some of the refereeing decisions that have been made through VAR, like the Patrick Bamford one um, and the um, Timo Werner one against Liverpool, they were both where they had their arms out pointing to where they wanted the ball to be played. and They, they didn't go off his fingers. They go off here. Yeah, but I suppose... Yeah, I suppose Because you can score with your shoulder. That's the point of it. That's why they say the sleeve. The end, they say the end of your sleeve. That's why I got a long sleeve on, because then they go off my wrist, surely. But... All right. Well, the right. Other, one of the other rules, because one of the other rules was uh, <laughs> a quick free kick. <laughs> one of the other rules was a quick free kick. So the idea that if you have a... Let's just say you have a free kick just outside the centre circle in the opposition half, you can pass it to yourself effectively and just play on the game like as soon as you can. You don't have to play it to another another player on your team. Um, how do we how do we think about that? Growing up, we've never had anything like that playing football. So if he's going to bring in like a massive rule like that, I feel like it might change the game quite a bit. I don't think it needs changing. Why is it? He's just changed, he's trying to fix something that isn't broke. Because when has quick free kicks been a broken thing? Because you can still take quick free kicks. You just pass it to one of your mates. Yeah. yeah. That's, but the idea around what Arsene Wenger is saying is that you could essentially put everyone in like the box, for example, and then kick it to yourself rather than using two players just to kick the ball like two yards. Does that make sense? Because you're waste, you're kind of like wasting the player, aren't you? I'm personally not a fan, but I think that it should be. I don't think players should have to wait for a ref's whistle unless the ref is booking someone. That's the that's the way yeah. I. Myself, I, 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 I agree with that as well. I think if, if the ball's dead, a player should be allowed to kick it, like with the West Ham Arsenal game. Well, also Lingard did it, didn't they? Yeah, Lingard did it to Bowen, but a lot of refs will pull that back and go, I've not blown the whistle. Whereas I think it should be a rule that you only have to play to the whistle if someone's getting booked. 
And also, otherwise the game shouldn't be forced to stop and slow down because I don't know if, if they're setting up a wall or something. I think they should wait for the wall to get set up and that. Yeah. No, because then you're just giving an advantage to the team that have like broke the rules of football. They've committed a foul. Yeah, they're supposed I don't think to be it's an advantage. Should, they I shouldn't have time. Fair. I don't think the defensive team should be allowed the time to set up a wall just because because they want to set a wall up. I think if the attacking team's being fouled on an attack, they should be allowed to take it quick if they want. Because it's their advantage, isn't it? Kind yeah, of it's their free kick. It's like them who's... They've been... They're the ones who were, had a chance and had to be fouled. So why are the defensive team being allowed time to set stuff up to make it even for something they've done? It's like um, if a player's going through one-on-one with the goalkeeper or like two-on-one or whatever... And then they get axed out. Why should then all of a sudden they have to wait five minutes to take a free kick while the defensive team are allowed to set up their wall and stuff? I think as well what what you would see a lot of is the quick free kick would kind of be pointless because I think you would get the referee calling it back for a for a non-stationary ball or whatever, a non-static ball a lot. Yeah, that does happen. Literally, if you got fouled, put the ball down and kicked it off straight away, the referee would be like, right, right, that ball was moving. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think you'd see that a lot. And I don't think that, that obviously, that's not an issue with that that rule per se. It's just, like, in a game situation, you would see it a lot. So, like, what what would be the point? You know what I mean? Because by the time that you've had to bring the ball back, it's, it's no longer a quick free kick, is it? So, yeah, yeah, that's true. What's the third, uh, I, the third rule, Tom? Um, the third rule was, um, instead of a throw-in, uh, you essentially kick the ball in instead. Um, his reason behind this is that 70% of the time, apparently, if you have a throw in the opposition half, you're more likely to lose the ball. So you're not actually gaining an advantage by being in the other the other team's half. Uh, by kicking the ball in, you're giving yourself more of a chance to score, is basically what he's saying. Um, which I think is quite crazy, because imagine you're essentially having, like, as soon as you're in the other opposition half, you're having corners. Yeah, you're afraid of having corners all the way down the line, which I don't think is fair. Corners are pretty all the way down, don't you? Still scarred from Rory Delap's throw-ins That's true. Does he mean like a like a kick in, like a like a like you see it like so? Yeah, like that's futsal. Yeah, Matt, me and Matt were talking about, but futsal, you instead of a throw, you put the ball down, kick it in straight away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but what? But it is it? Would it have like a like a head height rule or something like that? Or? No, no. He literally just said you can kick the ball in rather than throwing it. So, so I'm assuming he's he's just saying if you had if you had a throw in, let's just say in line with the box, not like by the corner flag, but like in line with the box line, you could just cross it in. But yeah, I think you're you're gaining too much of an advantage personally. I think yeah, yeah. Is the case. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I think that 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 rule also is. I, so I have a lot of beef with this rule because I think what is wrong with a throw-in? Like I know, I know, I know you're saying that like um, the attacking team uh, is more disadvantaged, but you think if you have a long thrower, like a, a long throw specialist, then throw-ins become ultimately like corners anyway. But also, I think you're also gaining advantage because you can stand offside from a throw-in. Like yeah, that, that's true. Like, that's very I, true. I, I think that I think that's advantage enough. Like, I don't, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just no, to yeah, go back to, sorry, just go back to the offside rule thing that Thomas talking about earlier, because Arsene Wenger did say about changing the offside rule. What he actually said 
was that um, an attacker will be onside if any part of his body he can use to score is behind a defender. So, oh, so say, if one, say one like almost was behind, but all yeah, say on the head. Yeah, say like his body and head in front of the player, but his left foot's like behind the defender. He's no, not. He's offside. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. So no, it, it sounds silly, but when you think about it, I I look at it in a way that like um, say say for goalkeepers, they're not outside the box unless one of their like a part of their body is still inside the box. Do you know what I mean? No. Yeah, yeah, so, no, I get what you mean. Do you know what I mean? So, like, if it, like obviously, as long as the ball don't go out the box, their entire body can be outside of the box holding the ball, as long as like their hands and their and the ball is yeah, because the, the ball's not outside the box. But yeah, I don't know. I, the I, thing I, is, that I, if he's trying to do this to get rid of the whole VAR argument, if we do, no matter what you do with your side rule, you're always going to get these stupid lines, yeah, the beaters in it, and personal opinion, and people arguing about this, yeah. All the time. I mean, my, my main beef with offside rule at the moment is it seems like if you're off, if you're in line, you're no longer onside. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I but then I my one of my arguments a while back was that they need to bring in like a a minimum where you can be offside by like, like a few millimetres, but then it just you can't do that. You just yeah. can't do it. Hmm. Yeah. It's silly. Like if your if my shirt sleeves offside, it just seems really unfair. But then my shirt sleeves offside, so I'm offside. But and then it, it always just comes down to it, it is offside, isn't it? Like, that. yeah, they need to be offside, clear and obvious as well because that's why they're yeah, yeah, more like for the handball, yeah. Like, if it, they, yeah. it's not clear and obvious, like if a lino says he's onside and he's offside by a millimeter, that's not clear and obvious. Uh, I think the moment they're forced into using lines tells me that it's not clear and obvious, that he's yeah, totally agree. They'll stick with the on field decision, yeah. Anyway, so are we are we all agreeing that Arsene Wenger's rules are, are yeah pointless? It. He's gone. So so like the probably arguably the top five one of the top five managers ever is it's deluded, not got about not got to <laughs> about football. No, yeah, quality manager, but yeah, just, right. just stick to your Perfect. day job. Yeah, stick to your day job. Spot on. Um, this was a so move, moving on to the next question then. Uh, forwarded from you again, Tom. It says. What league would Haaland be most suited to? And if he stayed, would he be uh, Lewandowski's goal scoring record? What's Lewandowski's goal scoring record? Do you, so, so, so when find out. You, you know more about this question than I do, Tom. Does he mean like all time or does he mean like, does he mean like this would, season or like what? No, no, I mean like all time. So obviously Lewandowski is going to retire before um, Haaland is going to retire, isn't he? Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering if by the time if Haaland stays in the Bundesliga, would he get more goals than what Lewandowski is currently uh, will finish with? Does that make sense? How yeah. long has Lewandowski been in the Bundesliga for? Has it been all of his career? Uh, no, 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 it's not. So so it's then not. then probably he would break it. Yeah, probably. I mean, the first six. He started now. First six years of his career, he wasn't in the Bundesliga. He was out in Poland. He played for like Lech Poznan and Legia Warsaw. Yeah, exactly. So then he probably would break it. Yeah, he'd so break what... Lewandowski's, but he wouldn't break Gerd Miller's. He joined Bundesliga in 2010. Jesus, his Bayern Munich record: 215 appearances, 197 goals. Wow. <laughs> 
Absolutely. But yeah, no, if he stays in Bundesliga, then yeah, he probably would break Lewandowski's record. Yeah. Do, what's Haaland's goal scoring record in the Bundesliga at the moment? Games and goals. Bear with. I can tell you the Dortmund ones, like how, how many games and goals he played for Dortmund. Yeah. That's a, it's probably a joke, isn't it? I, I don't know if he's suited for um, 36 games, 34 goals. Wow. <laughs> I did a joke in it. Oh, my. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to really, really annoy me if he stays. Well, maybe not if he stays at Dortmund, but if he moves to another Bundesliga club, it's going to really annoy well, me. Well, because you want him at Chelsea. He, he's not going to get. Every team in the world wants him, but he's not going to. He's not going to go to Bayern Munich. I don't think. But this is what I thought about um, Uwe Mokano when he when he said that he was going to sign for Bayern. I just think like, what a sideways move! Like it's just really frustrating. Yeah, but it's not sideways. It's not sideways. It's not because Bayern are like the best team in the world. Well, second best. Much better than Leipzig. Yeah. But <laughs> oh, I don't know. It just frustrates me. You it's like Joe Grealish really should... going to Man City and say, well, that's sideways. They're playing the same league. Do you know what it is? I think you need to. <laughs> I, you, I just really want to see all of these good players playing in the Prem because the Premier League is so much different to every other league in the world. Yeah, that's the thing. But I was thinking, is he suited for the Prem? And you probably have to. Yeah, say like. Yeah, because he's. He's not one of these quick, intricate strikers that you rely on struggle. skill. He's, you would struggle he's, with... he's a big, quick, strong lad. And I think he'll do really well in the Prem. I you think would... the best league for him is the one he's already in. Because... See, I was going to say that. I was going to literally say In my opinion, the worst defences in Europe are in the Bundesliga. Yeah. He's got it so easy. Yeah. And then look at his Champions League goal-scoring record. Yeah, exactly. yeah I'm, not, I'm not saying he's shit for it. I'm... I'm not saying he's bad or anything. I'm just oh, saying that yeah, it's the he's the like easiest league. The defense I mean, there are dreadful. I mean, Liga I mean, isn't been, great either. He's been um probably not been heavily but... linked with La Liga. Did you say Liga or Liga? Liga Liga isn't great. I said yeah. Oh yeah, but he's been, he's yeah he's been heavily linked with like Real Madrid, isn't he? Obviously, there's no way would he be suited to like the Spanish defense? Because I again I don't think the Spanish defenders are. But the fans aren't that good. Yeah. So well, I, I think it. I think it suit. Pardon. I saw during the week that um, I think Sport Bible reported on it. Apparently, everyone's calling um, the Spanish League Farmers League now. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <clears throat> yeah, but like, so go back, well, like that's surprising because they still Atletico and Barca. Obviously, like, like, like for example, those those three, they're three giant clubs. So I know, I know, like it's not the best at the moment with like the situation at Barca and at Real Madrid. Like they're not performing as well as what they're historically known for. But I mean, they're still three giant clubs. Yeah. What, what country's club won the Europa League last season? Yeah. 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 Uh, they've got, in the last 10 years, they, Spain have got the most European Cup finals out of any league and it's like not even close. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean... I think there's there's no there's no debate that the Premier League is the best league in the world, but like what was was second? Do you know what I mean? Like Champions League one, isn't it, Matt? Champ- I thought you were going to say Champions League. <laughs> I thought you were going to say <laughs> Champions League. No, I was going to say Championship, but then I was gonna, then I said but, League no, One. Championship's the most entertaining league in the world. I don't yeah. even know if I agree with the idea of the Premier League's the best league in the world because it's not got the best players in it, realistically. Yeah, but. How can you say that it hasn't got the best players? Because a lot of the people that you would say are the best players in the world haven't played in the Premier League. 
obviously yeah, Ronaldo, exactly. Ronaldo is you know exempt from that but I mean like you think like Messi like obviously he's he's one of the greatest of all time but he's never played the Premier League the I say apart got the best from... midfielders the best like he's got the best centre-back in the world yeah. Half two of the best no, midfielders well, in the world. You've got Sergio Ramos and Varane and that who are Van Dyke gets a lot of love for that one season, but you got I don't know. And all, Sergio and all, Ramos. Also as well. But um, apart from Liverpool and Tottenham getting to the Champions League final together, and I think someone an English club or in the European League final might have been United. Apart from that one season, what have the English clubs in the last decade have really done in Europe? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I think I think it's because I think it's because realistically, English teams have a reputation for bottling it in Europe. But then you're Man City didn't suppose. You're talking about the best league in the world, and you're saying about these clubs getting to the final. Like just because Bayern Munich are in the Bundesliga, it doesn't make that the best league in the world. Or just because yeah. Real Madrid and um, Barcelona are in La Liga, it doesn't make that the best league in the world. Just because they win trophies in Europe, it doesn't make uh, that the best no, league. No, but from the way they rank the divisions, don't they, on the point system to decide what how many yeah, clubs from each country go to, go to Europe. England aren't top of that. That's the way I see it. They don't... If it was the best league, they'd have the best players and they'd have the best clubs. It's Obviously, it's like we all say it's the best league because it's the one we watch. Like, none of us religiously watch any of the other leagues. But realistically, if it was the best league, then all of the best players would be over here. And it would be English club finals year on, year out, like it used to be. But it's so, so if Man City if Man City won the treble, would you say the Prem is then the best league in the world? Because um, they, they've won the Champions League final and the Premier League and, our, and the FA Cup. But they're going, are they going for the Quad as well, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if they well, did they that, I'd feel I'd feel more inclined to say it. But that, but that's still if like Bayern Munich could go out and win the Champions League again this year quite easily. For, for me, when I say the Premier League's the best league in the world, what I mean is that the overall quality, the average quality in the Premier League is better than all the other leagues. That's yeah. what I mean when I say. Obviously, like you've got the big six, but then like every every team, like every, uh, every league has like like three or four teams that are like the best. Well, we've- We've and said this top four consistently. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, really, that's in the that's fine, But then why look at this season? Like, what the hell is going on this season? Why have Tot- yeah. Why have Tottenham been knocked out by Zagreb in Europa League? Then when Tottenham are fifth in the Premier League? Okay, you can't judge it on one game, man. Okay, all right. All right well, then I'll, I'll, go, to, I'll go to the other ones. The renowned bottle jobs of everything. Europe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, it, well, if you say if you say, oh, well, it's just because they're bad in Europe. Or then yeah, what makes you think they're so great in the league, or maybe they're just more evenly matched in the league because they're all at the same level. But you can't. Once... So you're saying because Dynamo Zagreb beat Spurs, they're better than Spurs. It's a cup game. If someone's going to win, someone's going to lose. You're saying if they were in the Premier League, they would be seven or six in the Prem. They, they, they beat them over two legs. Why did Leicester lose to Slavia Praha? But Shakhtar beat United. Does that mean Leicester is Leicester are third exactly. in the Premier League? Why are they losing to, to Slavia Praha? If, okay, if, so if, so if they were in the Prem, where would they finish? Slavia Praga, where would they finish? Who knows? Because they're not in it. That's my point. No, but I'm asking, they, where do you think uh, they would? Where do you think they would finish? Well, they'd probably be finishing in the top half of the league. It's debatable that, isn't it? and and they don't have the money that anyone in the Prem does. That's, That's the way I see it. Is right. if the 
If we, you, everyone loves the Prem. I think it's such a false narrative, the idea of what everyone in the Prem is so good. because It's only because everyone watches them all the time. You've got Granada uh, United playing right in the next round of the Europa League. Yeah. They're not a, an incredible team in the La Liga, but yet they're doing well in Europe. Yeah, but so you, then can I can, have, you can be a team that aren't very good and have a good cup run. Yeah. Like, like, so, Bradford for example, got to the FA Cup final not long ago. Exactly. How do you, how do you, yeah, but how do you know all of a sudden then that these teams abroad are better than uh, Western English teams? But like, you could have a good cup run and not be as good as other teams you play. Like, I get, Mister, I get that, but how, how do you... In the FA Cup, they played in the FA Cup, they got to round two, I think. They're not, they were beating other teams. They, I think they lost 5-1 to Tranmere or something in like the... <laughs> I, I, get, I, I get that, but what I'm they're saying not, is... They're not on the same level as Tranmere. Like, so a cup game, yeah. It it's doesn't feel to them, isn't it? It's always going to be a good game because it's a cup game. You give your everything and yeah. you leave nothing to come off the pitch, if you get what I mean. Like, you know... Yeah, but how can we decide then that, for example, a team like Everton are no, a better no, team no. than... If you put Xavier Prague in the Prem, they're not going to perform as well as they did. How do you know that? Every single week. Yeah, but that, you're yeah, just... Getting, you know? My point is, you're just guessing. The only way you've got to compare <laughs> so the two teams is when they play against each other. And if the English teams aren't beating them then, what makes us so sure that they'll beat them in the Premier League every week? And this is bearing in mind these are clubs that don't spend near the money the Prem does. Uh, how can we decide that Everton are better than Real Sociedad, who are in similar positions in their league? Because that you can't say, oh, but if you put Real Sociedad in the Prem, they won't do as well. Because that's you're, you're just guessing that. No one really knows. But then you can't bring money into it because we have that money to spend in this league. Like that, that's just the way it is, and that's yeah, how. And that's, and that's but, and that's fine. But what what I'm saying is. Everyone says, oh, the Prem's, the Prem's the best league in the world. The, Prem, the best clubs are in the Prem. The best clubs are in the Prem. But then if I ask you to list the five best players in the world, how many of them are Premier League players? Two. I mean... <laughs> two of them? Bruno well, and De Bruyne. I think that it's important not to lose sight of what the question actually was. And was <laughs> Thank you, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, where would... Hannah the Bundesliga is the league you'll do best in. All I right. Mean, I, I reckon he might... One last point about on that topic and then we'll move on, though, is if you took City and put them in Ligue 1, they'll probably win Ligue 1. If you, if, you, if you took City and put them in Serie A, they'll probably win Serie A. If you put oh, them in, easy. If you put them in Spanish League, they'll probably win the Spanish League at this current moment in time. If you put them in the Bundesliga, they'll probably only come second because of Bayern. But To alternate that, you put them in the Premier League, they're going to win the Premier League. The Bundesliga is the best league in the world. Because they're the best team in the Premier League. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's, that's my point. Anyway. So, yeah, moving on, moving on. So what league do you think is best suited to Haaland? I think... Bundesliga. Bundesliga. You said Premier League, didn't you, Dobbo? Matt thinks... No, I said, what I said I think it would be well... I think it will suit well to the Premier League compared to all these other intricate small strikers that fail in the Premier League because he's big, strong, quick. I think he's more suited for, to the physical game. But don't get me wrong, so I your think the league is either Bundesliga or Liga. I've, I think the league, personally. All right, move on. Okay, so next question then. Uh, let's go to... Okay, so we've got one from uh, DJ Talcum Powder, and it is, what, in your opinion, <laughs> is the best game that you've ever seen live? 
the best game you've ever seen live. I think we we spoke about this briefly, didn't we, in one of the other episodes? Yeah. So is this when we say live? Are we saying we were at the game? Or yeah, at, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the game. For me, is the Norwich Middlesbrough playoff final. Norwich win two 0 get through to the Prem. Atmosphere at Wembley was electric. Best game I've ever been to. Is that one there? Easy decision for me. Okay. Um, I'd have to say my favourite game that I've been to. And again, again, I think I think I spoke about this on a previous episode. Was um, Argyll versus Liverpool in the uh, FA Cup? Um, either, either leg, home or away, they were both as good as each other for me, anyway. Uh, but I'd have to say that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, probably back in 2011-12 season, I believe. It was Man United versus Chelsea. Um, it was basically, if Man United drew or won, they pretty much went on to win the title. Uh, if Chelsea beat us, then it was role reverse. Uh, very early on in the game, Javier Hernandez scored again, uh, took on double Louise and scored very early on. Uh, and then Lampard scored later in the second half. But then Man United went on to draw and then win the Premier League uh, that season. So that was probably the best game. Pardon? You were at that game? Yeah. Wait. Yes, I was. Uh, Mate, I'm, I'm not lying. <laughs> was that that no, game? I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not saying you were. I just didn't know. No, I was at that game, yeah. Yeah, but that yeah, I, think, I think mine would have to be um, the community shield between City and United just because of United went 2-0 down at half-time. Like, I was in the, the concourse with my mum and my dad and my dad was like, oh, let's just leave now. We're not going to win. Like, being proper <laughs> about it. And then we um, go back out, sit down for the second half and then watch United come back and win 3-2. Um that was probably the best game I've seen. Uh, mine uh, would maybe be back in 2016, Argyle were away at Portsmouth. Um, we were both sort of batting out for like playoffs at the time. And we um, went one, oh no, we were going for top three. We went one nil down. And then all of us, uh, it was like, 85th minute, Jamil Matt scored, and then literally within a minute after that, uh, Greg Wilde scored, and we went one two one from like two goals, pretty much right at the end of the game, which is pretty. I good. thought the I thought the Argyle Pompey second leg playoff semi final would be yours. Yeah, one last minute. The is, if I'm just going, if I was going off moments, that's probably my favorite ever football moment. But like the game itself was very like limited that game there was limited chances because I admit I pretty much watched half the game through like one hand because I had my eyes covered <laughs> I was I to be honest that game I spent the whole time just thinking oh we're not going to win this we're not going to like Jervis hit the post and whatnot I was like oh it's not going to happen so I didn't enjoy it as much but when away at Pom- Pompey you're kind of not expecting a result so yeah fair enough come back later on fair enough all right, uh, moving on to my next question. Richard Dobson has asked, uh, can a self-funded club like Norwich ever hope to survive slash thrive in the Prem? And then he ends it with, great pod, by the way, lads. So shout out to your dad there, Dobbo. <laughs> um, so it's a good question. Can a self-funded club like Norwich ever hope to survive or thrive in the Premier League? I mean, I'll keep my <laughs> answer at the end. Survive, yes. I think survive, yes. Thrive, no. No, I agree with Matt. I mean, 
They're, in, they're in and out the pram like a yo-yo at the moment. Like yeah. recently. It's funny. It was really funny. They um I can't remember what um social media account did it. They put the ten most yo-yo clubs, like the most promotions or relegations, and Norwich were in the top ten. Argyle were in the top ten. Yeah, getting ragged all the time. What I'd say for Norwich is that you'd rather survive than thrive because if you look yeah, at 100%. Wigan, Bolton, Rushton Diamonds, Swindon, Wimbledon, uh, all club Hull even now, Bolton, you can chuck Stoke clubs, in there. Yeah, all clubs that are spent in the Prem more than their means because they wanted to reach the next step, the next dream. The moment it goes wrong and you get into the championship and you're, you're spending more than your income is uh, than like what you're getting in, it's so much harder than you think to go up. Your parachute payments run out. Then it's administration. Then it's you losing your club. And it, ha- it happens all the time. Every club that is in the Prem is too often, really. time of like losing... Losing your club. I think Norwich. It's it must be frustrating for you, Dobbo, as a Norwich fan, because it's quite obvious that Norwich are too good for the Championship, but it's also quite obvious that they're not good enough for the Premier League. So, yeah. like, where, like, where, like, what, like, what, what happens? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, no, what, yeah, it's like we've currently got like, next. We've got a fourteen-point lead on third at the minute, and then we lost. Like, we got relegated by like twenty odd points last season. It's just, yeah. It's 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 really frustrating because when we go up, all the there's loads of fans. There's, the, the fans get split in two when we go up. Half of us are like, right, invest, go out and buy, do this, do that, do this. Yeah. And half of it's like, no, stick to what we know, stick to what we're good at. And Stuart Webber's our sport director's coming and changed the way we do it, and we are now self-funded completely, like no debt. We're in, the only clubs in football in, with no debt. The only club last season in the Prem that all, so there's been about twelve accounts released from last season. In the Premier, we're the only one that's made profit so far. We've got a new training deck- ground. We're, we're sorry, just two secs. We're yeah. um, investing in the training ground. We're promoting youth like Max Aaron, Sod Campbell, Ben Godfrey. Are all, are all going on to bigger and better things. Ben Godfrey, Jamal Lewis, Newcastle, Ben Godfrey, Everton, Campbell, and Aaron's are in the um, England twenty one and twenty one setup. So we we've got a philosophy and we're sticking to it. And I'm in, and it's like you said, I believe we can survive in the Prem if we make good cheap signings but we we can never thrive we can never be uh west ham who normally are comfortable in the prem or who are looking like a league who mm. looks like they're going to be a mainstay for them at least five years now yeah. i don't think we can ever do that it's one of those five so our, our aim our, the sport director said our aim as soon as we get if we get promoted will be 17 yeah stay up Second we get promoted we seventeen. That's, but that's i think that's what you've got to do when you first come up like Obviously, you know, Wolves came up and, and like, Sheffield United last year. Yeah. Like, they played amazing. But then this year, they're awful. So, like, you yeah. have to find that middle ground of, like, just staying up, finding your feet, and then moving on after that. You can't just come in and expect to walk straight into mid-table, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so then you look at Leeds this season, and they, they've come up and, you know, they... That, that was... On the but day, they have money. They have to anyone in the league. That know? was Sheffield United last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, with Norwich, I do think you can, like, when I say survive in the Premier League, I mean every year scraping for 17th. I think you can become that established club that will be in the Premier for seven, eight years, like, and then probably go back down eventually because everyone's time comes. But I just can't see you reaching like that. You'll never hit where it's a, a Europe club. We're not, we're not. Oh, no, 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 no. 
we're not. I think when, when my dad said, "What do you mean thrive?" is is that mainstay for us thriving yeah, is being a Premier League club. You could for sure thrive in the Premier that way. Then in terms of you could stay there and have seasons where as you're not looking to go down because it is possible to run your club that way. I think if you, it, it just depends if you invest right, you have the right manager, you have the right club build. I think some clubs do do that. Probably Norwich probably one where they in their youth quite well and that's what's going to make you more money because your sales on Ben Godfrey and Jamal Lewis and that and then you've got the money to buy better players it's not yeah, so, the amount of the money I was, about, I was just going to say the amount of money you get given from the Premier League, in the Premier League means you'll have money to buy players and invest in yeah. stuff it's not like you're going to be there scraping free agents every year like some it, of the business it, that they've done in that club is in, in is not talked about enough we sold half of the worst defence last season for 40 million we sold a centre-back who was in the worst defence and a left-back for £40 million combined. And we bought Pookie on a free, Wendier for 750k, Cantwell was from the academy, Aaron's was from the academy. And it's just, it's just some quality business. And it's just, if that if we can keep that up, then yeah, I believe we can survive. And be Don't it's, 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 there's a bit of luck in there to find those gems, you know? Yeah, my uh, I was gonna say, like, in the last decade or two, what almost like the longest reign Norwich have had in the Prem to like it was back in I think when we got promoted in 2012, it was a three, four years day, max four years day. So, do you reckon Norwich have changed from then to like now, if you know what I mean? Do you reckon they're completely completely different setup now? We did have a sport director, we had a manager, so Daniel Parker isn't the manager, he's the head coach. Stuart yeah, Webber's yeah. football director, sport director, and he runs all the business side of things. He does the transfers, he does everything else. It's his scouts that go out and do everything. He's the one that picked up Hookie on the free and Wendir and people like that, and yeah. who have worked wonders for us, obviously. Yeah. It's just, it's just, but the, the worry for me is Webber's contract is up in within a year, and he, he never stays at a club longer than his contract. So he was at Huddersfield before this? And when mm-hmm. they got promoted under a German manager, um, I can't remember his name now, um, but they got promoted in the playoffs and they got they did really well in the championship. Obviously, did better than expected in the Prem, and then he left and moved to us. And my worry now is that he might take Daniel Farker with him because he has a model at Norwich that he can, re- with the funds and the belief from a board, he can replicate at any club, I believe, in the championship. Amazing. And who doesn't want to be yeah. in the Prem? Yeah, fair. Yeah. yeah. Good question. Thank you. Do you think that when you get, I say when, I mean, it's hopefully not a lot can go wrong now. But when you get promoted this year, do you think you'll stay up next year? We're in a lot better position than we were when we got promoted two seasons ago. Because two seasons ago is a, is a good start. About three, two or three weeks ago, we had scored 25 less goals at this stage than wow. two years. But we'd conceded 25 less goals than at this stage than two years ago. Yeah. And um, when you go up, you, we would not arguably naive when we wanted to outscore everyone in the Prem because we weren't good enough to do that and we got lucky against Man City and we beat them and then stuff like that but we're at a much better position now to it sounds it's the it's contradictory but to out concede your opponents is obvious you want to do that it's obvious but we're in a lot better position now to try and keep clean sheets than we are to outscore them and win 1-0 2-0 or yeah. or not the 4-3s or the 3-2s against Chelsea you saw or anything like that or, yeah. we're in a lot better position now than we were two years ago I believe all right. Well, we're going to have to move on. Yep. So I've, I've got a good one here from Sam Hambridge. Uh, and he said, who had a better footy season, 
Was it Ronaldo in the 07-08, Suarez in 13-14, or Thierry Henry in 03-04? So I've got the stats to back this up. Okay. Cool. Read so the Henry, Henry in the Premier League in 03-04, played 37 times, scored 30 goals and got 10 assists. That's mad, by the way. That is mental, yeah. Suarez, 13-14, played 33 times, got 31 goals and got 17 assists. Right. Hmm. Wow. Ronaldo, 07-08, played 34 times, 31 goals and 7 assists. So it's arguably three of the best seasons the Prem has ever seen. Yeah. With three of the best players to play, ever play at the Prem. Probably Suarez, isn't it? I'd choose... Henri just because I choose Henri. They I... won the they won the Prem that season, didn't they? And he scored in all competitions just over forty goals, excluding like not just in the Prem. I think it was I think it was bang on for it might be thirty nine. Oh, well, I can tell you that but overall he scored thirty nine. Yeah. The thing is as well with Henri, I know I know he probably didn't get did, how many assists did he get? Ten. And then Suarez got seventeen, did you say? Uh, yeah, Henri got ten a ten assists and Suarez got seventeen. So I think a lot of that comes down to as well. I think although he's only uh, Suarez has got seven more assists than him, you think like Thierry Henry plays further out wide, or he did. <laughs> um, yeah, left wing, wasn't it? Yeah. Wide, so it, it was sort of, he was sort of contributing more to the team, even though he got less assists. You think back to that that season was what the Suarez season was that when he he was playing with Sturridge up front. SAS, the SAS yeah, season. Yeah. Sturridge had a very exceptionally good season as well. So you think like a lot of his assists would probably go down as Sturridge having a very good season as well. Do you know what I mean? To convert those chances. Yeah, yeah you're not wrong. Uh, obviously, obviously you can't take anything away from Suarez because that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, those stats are silly. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think the same goes for... Ronaldo, really, I mean, a very good season, but again, he played further out wide, didn't he? Did so he win got, the Champions um, League that year as well? He did. Uh, so, United that season won the Premier League, came sixth round in the FA Cup, third round League Cup, won the Community Shield and won the Champions League. Like Liverpool that season came mental. second in the Prem, fifth round of the FA Cup, third round of the League Cup. And Arsenal that season won the Prem, semi-finals in both FA Cup and League Cup and runners-up of the Community Shield and quarter-finalists in the Champions League. So if you're going on winners, Ronaldo wins it by a mile. Yeah, it's got to be United. Uh, except for the fact that Arsenal got a gold Premier League that season, so you know. Uh, who was who was Arsenal playing? Like, what was Arsenal's attack like that that year? Like Burkamp, Burkamp, Perez, Perez, yeah, yeah, Henry, Lindbergh, yeah, some some quality players. Uh, that's a, that's a that's a tough question actually. The more I think about it, that's it's really got it's it's got to be Ronaldo then, isn't it? Well, win the Champions League and be won the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah, but hang on, mate. It? Yeah, but that's we're just talking about the players still, right? We are still just talking about the players. Yeah, yeah we're just talking about the players. Yeah, but when if you're talking about just the players, then it's got to be Suarez. Yeah, it's got to be Suarez. That's it's got to be Suarez. On stats, it's Suarez, but you're yeah. about ability as well, by the way. You can't just go on stats. But oh, then I think they're all at a similar ability there, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> they're it's a tough one. Um, such a tough one. Um, right, let's just let's just say it. Let's just all go in through and say it. I don't know. Who, yeah, yeah, but hang on, just just before that, we have to remember Luis Suarez played for a much worse side than the other two. What's that? Worse. Yeah, he did it for a much worse side. Like yeah, right, not yeah. even, that Liverpool team wasn't great. Suarez, no. Sturridge, Sterling, Gerrard, 
Chan and whoever else there. Was it like Lucas, a really young Henderson was just coming through? Coutinho, Coutinho was there. Coutinho, yeah, but that doesn't quite compare to Ronaldo, Berbatov, Tevez, Rooney, yeah. Stalls, Giggs, Carrick, or Longbird, Perez, Perkamp. Suarez was, well, not single-handedly, but, you know, a handful of players were just dragging Liverpool along, weren't they, realistically? Whereas, yeah, so they had... I'm just looking at their team now. They had Martin Sko, Daniel Agger, Sacco. <laughs> Best Rav, world. Then Rike, Glenn Johnson. Rike. Joe uh, Allen. Victor Moses. Who was Moses. their right back and left backs? Glenn Johnson. Uh, Glenn so Johnson. left back would have been... Yeah, right back would have been Glenn Johnson. Left back would have been... Enrique. Sergio, uh, Jose Enrique, yeah. It's not what, great. Quan playing, playing for him at the time. Like, was he like... Was he his fullback between Klein? Who's that? Klein. Uh, I don't think he would have been there yet. No. I think he was still at Southampton then. Oh. Yeah, was, Southampton? Yeah, yeah. Southampton, wasn't it? But yeah, they yeah, had Fabio Marini, Suso, Jordan Ibe. Like, yeah, I'm going to say Suarez. Yeah, I back that. I say Suarez. I think yeah. I'm going to say Suarez. I say Suarez straight away. I, I think stats often are quite a strange way at comparing players, but I think those stats are so good that they're too hard to ignore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 33 yeah. games, 31 goals, 17 assists. Fancy players' dream. Do you know what it is? It's the 17 assists. Yeah. And the fact, and the fact they didn't win the Prem that season. Yeah. They had a striker yeah. like that. That's, that's a mad one as well. Nothing will ever beat that game against Crystal Palace. Realistically, though, <laughs> that could have been any of those three. <laughs> oh, 100%. oh, yeah. That's mad. If, 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 you're going at, if you're going off, like, what they succeeded in that season, it'd have to be Ronaldo, in my opinion. Because you don't, you yeah. won the Premier League and the Champions League. But if you're just going off stats, it's definitely Suarez as yeah. an individual. So in the Champions League that season, Ronaldo played 11 times, scored eight. <laughs> that is mental. And FA Cup played three and scored three. And he scored in the final <laughs> as well of the, of the Champions League that year. Yeah, so I think Suarez takes it as an individual season. Yeah. But as a, as like a player that season, it's got to be Ronaldo, isn't it? What? We've just hang on. We've no. just said Suarez. Who, 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 we've hang on. Have we not just said? No, no, no. You said Suarez. As a team, as, yeah, I'm as saying team. as a yeah. team and the player that season. Yeah, he won more and did more. So, but so then, as as an individual so, player that season, it's it's Ronaldo. It's yeah. Suarez. No, I if you're saying if you're saying the United 0708 teams better than the other two teams, then yeah, that, that, I'll agree with that. No, but yeah. I, no, I think I think what Tom's trying to say is. Don't worry, Josh. Don't worry about it. Season because he won the Prem and the Champions League, and he had that season. Whereas Suarez had the best individual season, but he didn't win anything. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and cool. I, I tend to agree personally. But Suarez, that Suarez season is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So next question is from Ashley Cowup. Yep. It is uh, who is the most underrated player in the Prem and the most overrated player in the Prem? Oh, so this is going to spark a few debates. Up. <laughs> is this the season? You'll just go one at a time and try not to argue about it. Most I don't know who I'm picking yet. And most overrated. I know I know who I'm saying for most overrated, and it's and Matt's going to kick off. <laughs> Yeah, because you're going to say Declan Rice, but it doesn't matter to you because you don't know much about football. You think Sergio Busquets is awful, so I can live oh, with yeah. you saying Rice because they're similar players. Yeah, we're just going on this season. We're just going on this season. This season. 
Hang on. Wow. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I've got one. Oh, I've got one. I've got one for overrated. Underrated. Underrated. I've got my underrated. I think my overrated is quite a hard one. Is everyone? Uh, Am I? Get, got should my, I just go first because I know who mine are going to be. I've got, I've got my underrated. underrated. I've got my overrated. I've got my, my underrated. I'm trying to think of overrated. My most got... overrated player is Jack Grealish. Yeah, because he gets described as being the next Paul Gascoigne, and I just think that's an insult to Paul Gascoigne himself. Not that he's a bad player, because I do do like Grealish, but I just think he's um he's bigged up like talk sport, talk about him being one of the best players in the world, which is just a bit ridiculous. Um, maybe if he joins a better club and does achieve something maybe uh, and then most underrated Riyad Mahrez because ever since he left Leicester he's consistently been an incredible player and never gets talked about he's, okay. he reminds he reminds me a lot of Aaron Robin with way cuts is that, is that is that just this season that you're thinking of Mahrez or just as a whole no it's just this season what about? He's, he's been underrated this season but as a whole he's the most underrated player in the Prem because no one talks about him as one of the best when he probably is I'd like to ask a question uh, to the other three. Does anyone agree, e- agree even remotely about what Matt said about Jack Grealish? No, but we're not arguing. So it's fine. We're not arguing, but I don't agree. No. All right, I just I'm, not saying, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm Matt, saying we're not arguing. Well, I'm not, I'm not arguing. I'm explaining my reasoning. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but when all of us... Unless you guys think he's one of the best players in the world, which way he gets touted as, which I just don't think it's true. I don't think he is one of the best I don't players. think I've got he gets... mine. Go on, then. Go on, then. Overrated. Oh, is he overrated, though? Because he's not very well-rated. I was going to... No, right, Nicholas Pepe. Yeah, fair. So I had Nicholas Pepe in my mind yeah, as well. Because he's dog. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not good at all, is he? He's not. I agree. Not... I agree he's dog, but I don't know anyone who rates him. Yeah, this is what I was thinking. Like, with his hype and everything, when he came to Arsenal, what was it? Like, seven. Uh, yeah, that's... It's it's just yeah, stupid I think... and he just hasn't been good at all he's not good enough for Arsenal he's not good enough for a lot of teams in the Prem but yeah he's my overrated player okay underrated is going to be Olivier Giroud because um, yeah. he oh, scores I goals I didn't, think about, I didn't even think about the, the big boy I think he's one of the most underrated players in football history I really do oh, I agree I agree. he scores I've goals he scores goals on a stupid yeah. basis for everyone he for Quick. France, for Chelsea, for he scored goals for Arsenal. He's so underrated as a footballer. He yeah. scores some absolute bangers. You look at his best, like top ten goals. You think he's the best player ever to play, ever to grace the football field. Look at his I... most recent goal. His last goal was against Athletic exactly. Madrid in the Champions League, and it was a bicey. <laughs> yeah, did he score a hat trick in the Champions League as well? Or four goals? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He's still yeah. doing that, and he's not starting for Chelsea still. Like, uh, come yeah. on, I, 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 I'm a. As a Chelsea fan, that that is the biggest mystery in football for me. I just think, how on earth is Giroud not starting every game? How? Yeah, Cena, who's your who's your over and under then? So I've now changed my underrated player because <laughs> I didn't even think about the big boy. So it's Giroud, but I was gonna say Bukayo Saka. I think he's underrated. I okay. think see, he gets rated by everyone. I think, I think yeah, this I think season he's, he's become enough, rated. That's why I didn't. Yeah, like this yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I think it's pretty difficult because he is. Yeah, he's getting the recognition that he deserves this season. But I would still argue maybe he's still a little bit underrated. I don't know. 
Okay, yeah, that's fine. Uh, overrated. I'm really struggling to think of one, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. You might have to get back to me about the about the overrated. I mean, Nic- Nicholas Pepe, is it, is it, that is a shout. Could you class, could you class <laughs> Deli Ali? Deli Ali is overrated. Deli Ali is overrated. Because, I, I mean, I don't really rate him at the moment because he's been absolutely awful. But before, he has been a, a, a very good player. So you expect that from him. So does that I make know. When When I think of overrated, I think of players that people rate you just don't think they should. If you think people rate Deli Ali, I just can't. I haven't heard anyone say anything good, anything good about Deli Ali this season. Yeah. You did. Yeah, I I think that if <laughs> I think that um if Tottenham get played Deli Ali, he doesn't really play. If they play him, they've got one of the best England midfielders like available to them. I might be t- I might be misremembering the facts, but so I, I don't know if you said this, but someone said that he walks into any Premier League team if he's if he's in like, definitely within peak, peak form. Matt, I don't know if you said that. I don't know if I did say that. If he's in peak form. I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. disagree with it. Yeah, but that's like two seasons just before Pochettino got sacked. He was one of the best midfielders in the Prem. Like Nathan, who's position. your um? Ah, oh, you've done yours, Nathan. You? You're under- yeah, under- I don't know about underrated though, but it's hard to argue with Olivier Giroud because he yeah. is an incredible player. Like I would take him at United, one hundred percent. Oh yeah. Like, I'll I'll do mine. Oh, so, I actually love him so much. <laughs> like, I think my. <laughs> My underrated, even though he is getting rated, but in my opinion, he's still underrated. Is that Thomas Tuchek from West Ham? Oh, yeah. I love it because yeah. I think he's arguably one of the best midfielders this season. He's my favourite player in the Prem right now. And and uh, my overrated one, who I just don't like, is Calvert Lewin. I just don't. I just don't think he's a very good player. Of course, on Twitter, call him a tap and tap in merchant. Like he, some random guy on Twitter backs you up. Every, every every time I watch him play for Everton, it's like say if the ball gets whipped in across a box and he's not there, it almost like blame other people. Like he looks at him thinking, oh, like why have you like passed it out? It should have been there. He's always like he's always got an excuse, and I just think, oh, he's just such a lazy player, in my opinion. I know Lawrence, you like him because he's good in the air, don't you? Yeah, I highly rate him. Yeah, and I think, yeah, in, last, in my opinion, he's just I don't think he's that good. He's better rated. Call him a, a tapping merchant, and that's fine. But he must be a pretty decent striker because he's always there to score the tappings. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think this. I've always been. I always hate the word tapping merchant because it's like, what's wrong with tapping the ball into the net? Why does it have yeah, to be? You got to be there. Got to be there. Yeah. Um, uh, I, one I would I, say Abraham as well. I don't like Abraham. I think he's overrated. Oh uh, yeah, I think he's overrated. Yeah, but, but the thing, the thing is, I was, I was thinking in Tammy Abraham because I, again, I don't. I'm not a massive fan. But the thing is, he's not. He's, he's like he's, he's getting kept out of the squad now. And I know he's got that recurring injury, but like I don't, I don't think he recurring was, injury. Well, yeah, he got he got he got injured and then he injured it again in training, and he's still not back. And to be honest, I don't think anyone's missed him. Like I don't. Think... He, he was play, He was playing when Lampard was there. Yeah, don't me wrong. Yeah, which he, I didn't agree he, with. He's in that season. He did have a good season, and um, I think. Could be wrong. I think he's. It's. I think he's even this season. I think he might be our top goal scorer. You know, I'm not quite sure. Abraham. Yeah, Tammy Abraham. He might be. He might be. No, I don't. I, think, I think he is, but he's joined with Jorginho. Yeah, I think it's Jorginho now or whatever. But um, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're joined together. I just don't. I don't rate him either. But 
I think if I was to sc- if I was to had to pick an overrated player, it's a bit of a difficult one because because again the player that I've got in mind isn't really rated either at the moment. But I'd have to say Martial. Yeah, he, he yeah, no, he's, uh, yeah, it's fair, but he's not getting rated, is he? So, yeah, like he's... could you class? No, him? Yeah. But two... I'd say he gets rated more than Pepe does. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, actually. Uh, also, for the underrated, I was thinking of Pedro Neto because I'm pretty sure he's got the most goal contributions for an under 21 in the Prem. Yeah, he has. Yeah, I was going to say Johnny Evans as well. That's just been a rock this season. Yeah, yeah. Good. a few concerts that are underrated. That's yeah. All right, has, has everyone answered? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Next question, wrote. So, next question is from Alex Norgate, and it's quite it's quite a good one actually. It's if you could have one retired player to come back and play for your team in their prime, who would it be? That's a good question. When you say it has to be a player that's played for your team, but yeah, well, that's what the question is. Should we say that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and they're in their prime playing for the playing for the team, yeah? Yeah. But I don't know, I don't know whether it, it's difficult. You, like like for me, like it depends it depends on if it's like the like right do you want it do you want them to come back right this second in their prime? Yeah, or, yeah. So they'll be playing they'll be playing in the next game that they've that your team have got. So, so like the thing is for me, I love Hazard and I'd have Hazard back any day of the week. Not like, retired though. I mean, he's not retired, though, is he? But like you think like he may as well be though. Oh yeah, he's not retired. I guess that might that might have been a poor example to be fair. But like at this current moment in time, Chelsea need a decent striker, so I'd take back Didier Drogba, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean I think Nathan might be on the same wavelength, but I'd probably say Rooney. Yeah. We need a striker. We, we need a striker. Uh, he just bangs in goals for fun. Yeah. Brian Wayne so, Rooney. You're lucky because he's Brian, just retired. Yeah, yeah the, I know, exactly. Like the fire he would bring to the team. Like, yeah. You know, he would get people back. I'd, I'd also bring, um, if it wasn't Wazza, it'd be uh, Skulls. Skulls, probably. Dobbo? Uh, well, it's a tough one. So immediately I thought, where's Hulahan? But he's still tearing it up at Cambridge. He's still banging in goals and assists for Cambridge right now. But um, it's the it's between Grant Holt and Darren Huckabee, and I'm picking Darren Huckabee because you can't drop Timmy Puki in his current form. Ten and eight, yeah, you're yeah. not dropping Timmy Puki. Like, nah, yeah, he's been on the rail. I'm picking that Darren Huckabee. On the, he's got to play on the left, whether he, whether he likes it or not, because <laughs> because you're not dropping any Wendy. So I'm picking Darren Huckabee because in his prime he was unreal. He's my favourite player growing up. He was, and I've still got a picture with him in my bedroom when I was about like six with Darren Huckabee. I still, still remember that to this day. Yeah, for me it would be Darren Huckabee. All right, uh, I'd go for Akos Busaki. Oh, I remember him. Yeah, he was incredible for. Back in the day, for Argyle. I remember they had him on loan from Porto and then they signed him permanently and he was just unreal. Probably, arguably one that, it was between him or David Frio, but Frio's got a nice job at Marseille now, so I thought I'd leave him there. Um, all right. Well, should we move on to the next question? Yeah, go for it. So the next one comes from Callum Massey and it's uh, footballing memories, bro, ignite some of the days. So, 
I don't know, I guess, what, what are some of your favourite footballing, footballing memories? So playing-wise, for me, and I think it's going to be the same for Josh and Matt, when we Callum. were in... <laughs> and Callum, yeah. So when we were in, what was it, year, year 13, right? Year 13, yeah. We, we went on a sports tour to Florida. Yeah. In the United States of America, and we played two games... I think we only trained, trained once. We went for two weeks, didn't we? Went for two weeks. Did the whole Disneyland um, University Studios thing, played two matches, and um, ended up winning both matches. One of them was against, I think they were younger than us. There was, there was supposed to be the best team in, um, in Orlando. In Florida, wasn't it? The best team. Yeah, for their age it was, yeah. yeah their age, yeah. Um, I think they were yeah, younger than us, but they were the best team in, for their age group in Florida. We beat them 2-1 after going 1-0 down. And they were. Um, I, got, I got an assist. Shout out to Callum Massey. I assisted Callum Massey for the equaliser. Um, and then the second game, we we, t- we turned up to this training mm. complex, and it was. I think they pay a hundred. I think they to rent a football pitch for a year. They pay a hundred grand, hundred thousand pounds for the year. And there was an ex Jamaican international manager managing them. They had the um, resistance bands for training. They had all the proper setup. We were just there rocking up. Locking balls <laughs> like with sliders, like some odd matching socks on, like with whipping balls at John McCarthy and not <laughs> yeah. just this proper raggedy team. And we we performed one of the most shit house one nil wins I've ever, ever ever seen. We scored from a corner, bullet header from a centre half, Finn Williams, bullet header. I think was it, I think you might have played left back that game. But yeah, honestly, I was playing in the centre mid in that game and I've never ran so much in my entire life. I lost my voice so I shouted so much, but they were so much better than us. So much better than us. <laughs> we still won one no part of the bus for the whole game. It was quality. We had the national anthems at the start of the game. Oh, yeah. Like, Mate, wow, what makes it even, more, even better is how much the Americans just hated us as well. Just yeah. like, Especially in that first game when Josh took out um, Josh oh, wiped out one of their players. I knew you were going to bring it up. And their manager turned around and went, this is why you guys don't win anything internationally. And I just <laughs> interrupted him and said, and how many World Cups have you won? <laughs> it was funny because that game, Josh, Josh arguably should have been sent off, but didn't. I, I definitely, we, definitely. We, we went to a netball game because the girls came with us as well and we watched their netball game. And the lino from our game was randomly there, like on his bike, cycling oh, past. And he comes off and goes, oh, mate, you should have been sent off. Definitely. <laughs> it's like cycles off into the distance. Well, I mean, it just goes to show because, I mean, he's saying that, but, I mean, it just goes to show how much Americans know about football, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was one of the cleanest tackles I've ever made in my life. I met the balls in the other half. Didn't we? In a <laughs> like, it was literally only ball. And their manager came over and he was swearing at us and everything like that. Yeah, like, I was like, grow up, mate. Like, what is... <laughs> oh, but, one of the best. That's one of my best football memories as a player. Any day, and then we went to Disney. Sorry, I'm going to bring this up because it's one of the best things I've ever done. We went to Disneyland, and um, unfortunately, one of the girls had a really bad ankle injury, <laughs> so she got a wheelchair, and um, she got um fast track for free, which is fair enough. She's in a wheelchair, like give her like benefit of doubt. And then we went to Universal Studios a few days later, and then my mate Ben Holland, who's a fan of the pod, um, had a knee strap on. Had um, he's got this on your knee injury, and he had this knee strap on. <laughs> I was like, oh, Dutch, do you want to, um, do you want to try and get a wheelchair? He's like, yeah, go on then. So he's hobbling over. I've got him over my shoulder. He's hobbling over to the desk. And the safe man goes, oh, darling, you definitely need one of these. Here you go, sort of thing. I think it was about $6. <laughs> and then um, 
we, we put him in this wheelchair. We've gone round together with him and this, this um, girl Darcy in the wheelchair. And we've got both the netball and the football team's free fast track for the whole day. <laughs> Just because of these two wheelchairs, it was brilliant, honestly. The cheapest fast track you'll ever see. We broke, we broke the Harry Potter lift because we put too many people in it. And we had to go up like the exit route or something like that. It was, it was carnage, but honestly, we, all we had to do was remember which person was in the wheelchair for which ride. Then, yeah. then we were fine. I actually remember. I remember us going on. We were only allowed to go on the rides once or something like that with like your scanny thing. You could only yeah. go on this ride once. And somehow we all just pretended we'd scanned and just snuck on. And then I, in the end, pretty much everyone got kicked off by a couple of us. <laughs> so it was me, just... you, and Kieran Bond. Because <laughs> our fast track thing flashed up orange and everyone looked at us, but we just walked on anyway. We walked on anyway, which like, yeah. Just... yeah well, uh, for the men in black ride, Matt was in the wheelchair. And I remember <laughs> at, the, at the end of the ride, <laughs> at the end of the ride, we got the uh, we got the wheelchair out and Matt just stood up and started walking. <laughs> I, pret- I remember, oh, uh, I feel a bit bad because one of them I look back on. I think it was like a transformer ride, I can't remember, but I made out like I was so severely disabled. Oh. Yeah. And then like like I got people to help me on the ride and everything. <laughs> and then once the ride ended, they got the chair racing and I just jumped off and walked. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um that's not well on that anymore. Was there any more footballing memories from any from anyone else? I scored a hat trick once. Nice. <laughs> Why are you lying there? <laughs> I am um, yeah it was a class hat trick as well by the way I scored a free kick just inside the run out in their heart was it a perfect was it, was it under sevens no it was actually it would have been under 18s fair yeah so that's fair yeah that is that's <laughs> all in memory alright Tom, well. Tom you got Tom you got any footballing memories I mean, well, I played football with like after you. Well, I played football with Josh and Lawrence for like ever since we were how old? Like six. Yeah. Six, seven. We played up until up until eighteen. Winning um, the league, winning the cup. Yeah, winning the league. I mean, we shared the cup one year. We're going to go into that. No. Um, what? Obviously, yeah. It's, it's not not really a specific moment, isn't it? Just playing like, football wake, with you, mate. Yeah, you know, waking up on a Saturday morning, I've, watching watching a bit of match of the day in the morning, getting up to the yeah, pitch, and right, setting yeah. the nets up. The next thing you know, you're you're kicking a ball like you could I, go. Have, you go back to I, it, wouldn't you? If you could. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I have got one that Josh and Lawrence will remember. So we played a match against Ivy Bridge in the cup. Oh god. And um, to be fair, well, we were in the last 32 by this point, and that's bear in mind the tournament starts with like well over a thousand clubs in it. So we were actually doing really well. We were the top 32 in the country. Yeah. Yeah, we beat some good teams to get there. And then obviously Ivory Bridge had loads of like Argyle Academies, like players and stuff like that. And they like scholarships and that would it. Yeah, thought, thought they ran the town, you know, probably did. And then in the game, I remember I think it was yeah, Jordan Bentley, it's Strangley got sent off. And then another one of their players had got sent off. And it all kicked off. It went for extra time. We lost, whatever. And then at the end of the game, one of their players went up and started goading like the rugby lads. And then um, he came up asked me for, to shake his hand. I was like, no. And the next thing you know, while I'm there confronting this guy, John McCarthy just comes in and hits him while he's got his inhaler in his hand. And a, a massive fight just goes all the way across the football pitch. And you've got like our head teacher there trying to split up. Yeah. Lawrence's mum's there egging everyone on. 
my mum is there. Big up Shinny. And I, yeah. I, I remember as well, after that game, uh, Mr. Forster, our, one of our PE teachers, was there uh, watching the match. And obviously, he was the head of the PE department, but um, he used to play rugby. So, like, he, he, was, he, he looked quite intimidating as well. So, I mean, if you knew him, you'd know that he's not really. But um, after, the, after the game, um, I, like, he sort of helped split up the fight and he was shouting at us to get back into the changing rooms and stuff like that. And he said, everyone wait in the changing rooms. So we were all sat there and then Mr. Forster comes in and I thought, Jesus, we are going <laughs> to get ripped here. <laughs> and he comes in and he goes, boys, I'm really proud of how you handled that situation. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> oh, funny. All right, shall we move on to the next um, question? This one comes from Ben Ginn and it is, is Pep Guardiola a world-class manager or is it down to uh, the money that he always has at his disposal? Big question. I yeah, think the way question. he uses the money makes him world-class because he can give anyone money yeah. but no one else does what he does with it. Yeah. He's um, a yeah. very, very good manager. He's proper revolutionised football, really. I've, so many people also will want their teams to play like Guardiola since his Barcelona team. And I mean, you, you Barcelona don't... now as well. Like they've, they're going. Well, they dropped off, haven't they? And you know they, they're they're in the mud. If you like. So I mean, you don't get where you are without being world class. Like managing yeah. Barcelona, Bayern, and Man City, doing winning trophies at all all three clubs, like. I, th- I think he's quite honest about it as well. Like when he took over City, if their team was good enough to be winning the Premier League every year, he wouldn't need to spend the money. But he was quite honest and said, "Well, of course I'm going to spend the money. The team's not good enough." Like, yeah. Like, what? What is? If the question is, can he win the Premier League with a with an average team? Probably not. But then, who can really? No one. Yeah, no one could. Yeah. Yeah. His, he, won, he won. He won the treble with his first season at Barca. Like, his his job's not to to win stuff with, with average players it's to, to build the best team and if, if it and it takes money to do that so yeah on the other hand if you want to put Sam Allardyce in charge of Man City are they still winning the league no probably not yeah. probably not no yeah, they'd no. still be up there because of how good their players are. yeah they'd be top four but they wouldn't be so they wouldn't be with what is it 11 points now ahead of United yeah. they wouldn't be there yeah. so Pep so is definitely like a big part of City. Look at that winning run. City had what was it? Twenty-one games. Stupid. Twenty-one games. Over a hundred points in the Premier League season. You know, other clubs have spent. United have spent. So, you know, Arsenal used to spend. It's obviously it doesn't look like as much, but when you're taking that like, inflation and stuff like that, the, the amounts aren't too dissimilar. The best clubs just spend money they have to. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He's a serial winner. Yeah. He's a very good manager, isn't he? That's a good question, though. Yeah. That is a good question. Um, we've also got quite a few questions from Charlie Palmer. So uh, a couple of them seem like quite quick questions, so I'll ask them. So the first one is, uh, what are your favourite retro kits? Cool. That's a great question. Um, a lot of retro kits, from, in my opinion, are like, they stick out more. I don't know why. Yeah, they do. Um, was it the ninety ninety eight Mexico kit? Is it ninety eight? Hang on, I'm gonna look. 
Oh wow, yeah. Yeah, like that's yeah, it's ninety eight. Yeah. That's... Get out on screen. Two secs. I'll just get out my phone now. Yeah, no, that's that's a I've never seen that kid, I'm not gonna lie. For me, it's they call it the it's the Norwich City bird shit kit, is what they call it. <laughs> and it's it's like the classic Well all Norwich. of them. <laughs> that's the Mexico one. That, that's yeah, out. look at that. Coming <laughs> um, from uh, Moana. <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, yeah, that's a quality kit. I'll give you that one. This one for me is the one I'm on about. Um, that one there. So I've got this one, but um, updated so that the Norwich should have re-released it, and I got that one straight away. Anyone who's listening on Spotify or Amazon Music or anything like that, Lawrence is currently just showing pictures on his phone of some of the kits we're mentioning. Yeah, apologies. Yeah, that that kit is dead. Nah, mate. <laughs> Hi. Mine's the 1992 Fiorentina kit. Well, have a look at that. I think mine, mine. I don't think anyone's going to need to look up. Um, for me, my personal favourite retro kit of all time is the 1966 England World Cup kit. I was going to say an England World Cup kit. Um, um, it's the Gaza one. Yeah, we're that, just looking now. I, I I don't know whether it, I I think it's a nice kit anyway. Because I mean I mean kits back then were like just basic, weren't they? And I like that. But I think it's because yeah. of the World Cup as well. Like it's just just it's like the meaning behind that particular particular kit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I like yeah. That's my favorite retro kit. Netherlands nineteen eighty eight. That that was a nice kit as well. To be fair, that sticks out. England World Cup ninety kit for me is up there. Oh, is that the blue one? There's one where you got like Gaza like kissing a badge like at the end of the game. Yeah. The blue one's the Southgate one missing the penalty. Yeah, yeah. No, I do like that kit though. The blue one. The one they've got, the England one at the minute, it's like almost modelled like a map on them, isn't it? It's really nice. Yeah. Looks, yeah. If you've got a proper retro look to it, the New England kit. Yeah, I do really like yeah. uh, England one, yeah. Um, has everyone answered? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next question from Charlie Palmer is how did you come to support the teams that you do? Good question. Me is my dad. Um, I'm born in Plymouth, raised in Plymouth, still live in Plymouth. Um, dad is Norwich born. All of his family is Norwich born and bred. And he was my obviously biggest influence for football. So he is the reason why I support Norwich City. Love or hate, but we, we, we stand by the boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my dad. <laughs> Um, I mean, for me, I think it's worth worth saying that my first team will always be Plymouth Argyle, and I think that that I mean, it speaks for itself. Born and born and raised here, it's just yeah. Um, but when it comes to Chelsea, um, I've just always liked them. Um, I've got a lot of family that are from London anyway, um, and a lot of them supported like sort of Arsenal. A lot mm. of them supported Millwall, um, and some of them supported Chelsea, and I just always like Chelsea so that's that's the story behind that I guess coming uh coming from Plymouth I very much support Plymouth Argyle <laughs> oh shut up Tom shut up <laughs> no I'm joking I'm joking I'm sorry. um now my dad never really supported anyone I mean his team-ish was Liverpool but he I spent a lot of time team. with my granddad I spent a lot of time with my granddad time with my granddad when I was younger because dad was away and he always used to watch Man United support Man United so that's probably where I get my United one from 
personally? My my granddad on my mum's side used to support Arsenal and there used to be a massive rivalry between Man United and Arsenal. So my mum decided when she was younger that she would support Man United to annoy her dad, my granddad, and it stuck. So <laughs> that's how I'm a Man United fan. I um, I went to an Argyle v Peterborough game back in 2007 in the FA Cup, 1-2-1. And I was like a little kid at the time and I just fell in love with the whole, every, just everything that was there. And just never stopped going back until COVID. Yeah. Um, Decent. Good question. The next question again is from Charlie Palmer. I mean, this one's a bit of a, I mean... It's a, bit, it's a bit of a weird one, but it says, um, what's the most important position within a football team? Oh, wow. So, to my theory would be anything that's in the spine of the 11. So, like, goalkeeper, central defenders, central midfield, or centre forward. I think, uh, for me, it's either a goalkeeper or a striker. Uh, yeah, it's got... Uh, so I was going to say centre mid. For me, it's, yeah, for me yeah. it's either a, a goalkeeper or a centre back, because... Yeah. Good teams can change their forwards and midfielders. They never change their defence. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I would have to say either goalkeeper or centre-back. Yeah. Centre -mid yeah, me. goalkeeper. I think we're all goalkeeper at the moment, so... Probably goalkeeper, I guess. Goal, goalkeeper, goal, goalkeeper. Yeah. I don't know, we're all... But you, you think about, you think about um, Liverpool when they were coming close to, like, winning the leagues, when they had, like, Mignolet in goal or that. They got Carrius the... If, final. if they had Alisson in goal, they would have won the league. So yeah. I, I think that a goalkeeper is a very good show. Yeah, but a bad goalkeeper loses your points. A good goalkeeper wins your points, I guess. Yeah, I'll go goalkeeper. Uh, yeah, goalkeeper then. Um, next question, talk, uh, going off Liverpool, is from Louis Bicknell. And it says, what should change at Liverpool before next season? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, squad depth. Yeah, squad depth. Yeah, yeah. It's good get job. rid of a couple of players who aren't necessary anymore and buy players that are... get rid of. Matt, I would get rid of. That's a good question. Get rid of Shakiri. Get rid of Shakiri. I get rid of Arigi. Um, get rid of Milner. Mil uh, is is Clavin gone? I'd say Milner. Oh, yeah, I think he has gone. I think he's gone. Yeah, Milner. He um, I, I wouldn't sell Milner. He can stay. He's got um, he brings experience to the club. But I'd, I'd get rid of Shakira. I'd get rid of Origi, uh, for sure. Uh, that left that left back they signed Simica. So I, no, they need uh, right that they signed from Preston. They don't need him. They don't play him. Liverpool really need a decent striker, a decent like goal scoring centre forward striker because. Firmino, uh, Firmino obviously is very good at what he does, but I don't think that that's what Liverpool need at the moment. I don't think they need this false nine striker. Uh, false nine. I think they need a, a striker, a striker, striker, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, whether that is an Mbappe or a Haaland or, you know, whatever, I think they need that. You say that, but they won the league and Champions League with that. That, yeah. And yeah. that's just their system. <laughs> And it's just a style of play. Because if you if you bring in a, a striker that's gonna score goals, it's then gonna goals, make, it's gonna make um like Salah, for example, it's gonna take you know some of his 
limelight away and will he perform the same way that he does if you get what I mean yeah it's tough I do think Liverpool need a reset in a way because their team is even with the injuries should be better than seventh so something's going wrong there like big time then and they need to sort out because they start next season like this and Klopp will be out of a job maybe it's time for him to go do you, yeah, I was just about to say do you, that a lot of people are saying like in other, in other clubs, same sort of situation, they would sack their manager. Uh, I'm personally a fan of longevity. I think manage, clubs should hire managers who want to be at a club for a long, long time, yeah. but they just don't seem to do that anymore. Like, if I look at Liverpool, obviously you've got Phillips who's coming in due to injuries and you've got a couple of players who come due to injuries. And I just question like, would Klopp be playing these players had he not have the injuries, or would he be more worried about like um, but like, just buying players and bringing them in? If you know what I mean, I I don't know if if Klopp runs the club like he wants to be there forever. I think this is exactly the thing that I hate the most about football nowadays, and that is you look at Klopp; he won the Champions League. And then the next season after that, he won the Premier League. And then the season after that, there's talks of him being sacked. Yeah, it shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be the case, no. And this, this is exactly what I hate about football. I just Having think... to run Yerid Leicester, didn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. His was kind of understandable. Like, I didn't want him to get sacked, but they were going to get relegated. And you got to say, like, do you, can you realistically take the champions of England and get them relegated and say, well, you were champions, so we'll keep, let you keep your job. Wilder's one that feels unfair. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, oh, I asked about bringing this up midweek, so we'll bring it up now while we're talking about managers seconds. Gary Neville's a hypocrite. Um, yeah, he is. How he can bang on about <clears> clubs <throat> and, manage and then run Salford City the way they do. Uh, such an awful football club. I, the way they run them. You can say, oh, well, it must work because they've got them from the lowest division. To football league, which seems impossible, but if you spend the money, you're going to do that. But now he's here, it's like, I again, are they running that club to be there forever? Because you can't just sack, they hire some of the best managers and sack them. They've just sacked Richie Wellens, who was champion at one Swindon the league last season, bought him in in January. He didn't get to sign anyone or anything. Just won the EFL trophy. Salford have got no given right to be promoted as a top three team. Just coming up for non-league. Yeah, he's decided to sack him after a couple of losses. Man, am I right in saying that they was Paul Scholes mentioned as a manager? No, they've hired, they hired Grant McCann, who was the manager. At, so last season, Richie Wellens was manager at Swindon. Grant McCann was manager at Bradford. Bradford finished somewhere awful, like mid-table or something. However, they both had... Bradford owned a striker called Owen Doyle. Okay, He was the league's top goal scorer by a ridiculous amount. He was loaned to Swindon. So they loaned him to a club inside their own league. Come January, he'd scored like 25 goals. So he went back to Bradford, and Bradford weren't going to loan him back out again. Like, well, we've got the league's top goal scorer. Why would you give him again? And then they played him for five or six games under Grant McCann's system and he just didn't score at all for him. And then they loaned him back to Richie Wellens, who's attacking philosophy, got them to win the league, him golden boot. So they've, they've really took a step back with who they've just hired. They've awful manager. 
and he'll probably be sacked by the end of the season, so it's fine. I think, boys, we need to hurry up a little bit because we have been going for quite a while now. So there's only a couple more uh, questions left. Um, I mean, the next one's from Jake Cox, and it's starting eleven for the Eng- for England at the Euros. I mean, we did. Do, do we want to go into that, or because we did? We'll, just, we'll, we'll give our we'll give our eleven, and we'll just leave it at that. Like, so we'll just say yeah. like you're starting. Oh, I'm, we all said we're gonna we're gonna do a podcast where we talk about. Yeah, we did say that we were gonna do, do we, a full we podcast on the starting eleven, and then we'll talk about that maybe next episode. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I think that's like a big topic we can talk about. Okay, all right, so we'll save up for the next episode. Um, next one is from Ian Black, and it is, who were your idols growing up? As a centre-back, I used to watch the Manu Village, and wow, what a player he was. So he was always my idol growing up, realistically. Yeah. For me, I always idolised uh, John Terry and Ashley Cole, but I think my, the person I idolised the most was David Beckham. Loved him. Absolutely loved him. Like for for me, I, I mean, I, it was a bold claim, but I said it in um, our first episode, I believe. Um, I still think that David Beckham is the best player that this country has ever produced. <laughs> yeah, he did say that, and I'll stand by it. I love, I love the guy. Mine's Steven Gerrard as a centre midfielder. Love everything he did. Got my same boots as him. Did everything the same as him. And yeah, Gerrard is. Was my football idol growing up? Mm. Um, my dad, well, me and my dad used to watch football a lot, and we used to talk about Zidane. But obviously, I wasn't there for a lot of it. But if it wasn't Zidane, it'd probably be Steven Gerrard as well. Are you going to say your dad was your idol? That's really or, or or Frank Lampard. Yeah, I really like Frank uh, Lampard as well. Mine would be either David Villa or Graham Carey because I'm right footed. The only reason Graham I'm ever. Carey. Yeah, well, what Graham Carey was there in 2015. I was only, I was only 16. I'm still growing up at 16. But I was still. I'm just saying, I've always been right-footed. But I think a lot of you have seen me play football. My left foot's quite like my left foot's alright. And I'd say that's only mainly because of David Villa. To be honest, when I grew up, he everything was on his left bins. So I'd, I'd always <laughs> wanted to. I always wanted to use my left foot because I wanted to be able to shoot like David Villa. All right. Well, moving on from that, uh, again, Charlie Palmer, and it was um, biggest one-season wonder. It's got to be me, isn't it? Yeah, how's not it? Swansea. Oh, yeah. But are we, are, we talk, are we talking about... Yeah, 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 me, yeah, me too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just Andy said... Um, maybe, at Newcastle. Carol's a shout. I just said Roku uh, Santa Cruz. Back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had yeah. Season. There's, there's a few in there. Harry Kane? Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, I was going to say, do you remember when everyone was saying, like, oh, Harry Kane, one season wonder? <laughs> Honestly, mate. Um, yeah, Michu's, just, just quickly, Michu's stats in the Prem that season. Played 35, scored 18, two assists. And then um, next season, he got two goals. Wow. <laughs> What's Carroll's, yeah. by the way? Andy Carroll. 2013-14 season, maybe? For Newcastle? Yeah, Andy Carroll. Did, 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 did. Oh, biggest one-season wonder, Luis Suarez, 13-14. Yeah. <laughs> Never did uh, it again. 2010-2011, he played 19 and scored 11. 
and then they got re- and then they got relegated championship. Yeah, then Liverpool hardly did anything today. And then West Ham, he had a few decent seasons here and there, but nothing special. Nice back I mean, for a, relegate, for a relegating team like Newcastle getting 11 goals in 19 is not bad. Is it? Yeah, it's quality, yeah. Um, shall I move on to the last question that we've actually got at this Q&A? Yeah, go on. Go on. Touchies, isn't it? Oh, no, so we have got two, actually. We have got two, yeah, left. Yes, you're, you're correct, on. So we'll move on to this one, which is from Kieran Messer. And it is, is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer capable of winning trophies at United? Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, I say he is. I believe he is. But I'm, what I'm going to say is, I don't think that the trophies that he's going to win, he's, he's, he's not going to win the Premier League for... He's, he's, he's just not going to anytime soon, I don't think. He's definitely not going to win the Champions League anytime soon. I think if he was to win trophies, it would be something like the FA Cup. But the favourite Europe, Europe League. Not the Europa League, then. Yeah, I mean, you might bottle it. <laughs> you might bottle it again. Yeah. yeah, they did just in the final last year. What I'd say is he already has won trophies for Man United. Champions League winner already. Josh, you can do it as a manager as well. <laughs> I believe you can. I honestly think he's good enough. Just waiting for everyone. Yeah, I reckon he will. Laugh. He will. Ha! As a United fan, what do you think? I would like to think yes. I mean, it's a it's a worry because of, you know, the the final issue that we're having. If we've had four semis and a quarter now, and we've lost in every single one of them. Um, I think deservedly lost in all of them as well. Yes, we've been full on outplayed, to be honest, in every single one of them. Um, so it, it's a tough one. I think. I actually... I actually think he's got a better chance of winning the Prem than a Cup. Really? Yeah, no. because he doesn't... So, Sarah Ferguson used to rotate in the Cups quite a lot, and he got accused of not taking the Cups very seriously. And I think I see a lot of that in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, because his... Well, look at the lineup he's got against Leicester. His team selections aren't great in the Cups. He picks the wrong teams. And I feel like that's because in his head, you've got to play the best team in the Prem and then rotate for the Cup, and... And I'd be the best team in Europe as well, which is the way he seems to do it. Yeah. I mean, I think the Europa League this season, we have to win it, realistically. Like, if we don't win it, it's... A league final. Maybe we've got to win it. Because, yeah. You look like, at the teams that are left in it, you have to, yeah. Realistically, the only team that you worry about, if you like, is Arsenal. Like, the other team, yeah. I mean, obviously the other teams, they're no mugs, but you would like to think that Man United, as big as they are, can go out and win. You got well, Roma are so the other two Villarreal aren't bad. But yeah, you like to think you're good enough to win that. Exactly. Not we definitely good. are good enough to win it. Yeah. So hopefully that question will be answered by the end of this season. But yeah. Should I move on to the last question? Of Go for it. Go ahead, Cena. From Dutchie Ben, and it says, should Jose Mourinho take an international job? After that performance uh, in the Europa League and getting knocked out, I think he should at the end of the season, personally. That's my okay. Is there a reason for that, though? Like, do you, do you think international management somehow has stepped down? 
I don't know. I just don't think like the style of football he's been playing now isn't suiting what it used to. I think he needs to like go away kind of thing and just maybe come back with a new philosophy. I don't know. I just don't think what he's doing at Tottenham at the moment and what he I don't know, it's a hard one, but I just don't I just I think he should. I don't I don't really know a reason. But is Tottenham maybe... get top four this season? Should he really like should he leave? Is is top four not a good season for them after where they were when he took over? I don't, I don't think they will get top four, you know, Mark. Well, they're, they're only three points behind Chelsea and no one's to say Chelsea are going to get top four. I don't, I they're don't three points behind with this, the same goal difference. Like, it's going to be close. They beat Villa yesterday, didn't they, 2-0? Or a couple of days ago? On the weekend. Yeah, that's not an easy picture either. No. Um, I don't know, I too early at the minute. I don't think too early. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Portugal would be a good, the obvious international job for him. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he would suit the longevity of an international job, if you like. Would I mean, you take him at England? No, no, I don't think so. Because what what I'm trying to say is the way he sets his team up might work over a course of a whole season in the prep. But if you've got if you go out and play the way he plays in a World Cup or something like that, you need to be bright and you need to be, you know, going out and earning your victories. You can't sit back and wait, can you? That's a good mm. point. Well, so he might, he might win the, um, he might win a trophy this season as well. Like, it, when was last time Tottenham won a trophy? He's in the cup final. Yeah, yeah. He used to say Tottenham don't go and win that, and then and they win that. Maybe get top four as well. Then all of a sudden, you on paper that's actually a really good season. Yeah, maybe yeah, people are, season. maybe people are expecting too much. Oh, maybe yeah. It's Tottenham. You know, I think Pochettino made Tottenham look like one of the best teams in the Prem at a time where the bigger clubs weren't playing well. United dropped off. Liverpool weren't great. It was just even City were awful. Like it was Leicester won the league for goodness sake. So maybe Tottenham just aren't as good as. Maybe they looked on paper because now the big clubs are where they should be. And Tottenham are having to scrap it out to get there again like they used to back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then, that was all of the questions that we had today. Um, are you boys happy to wrap it up there? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, in that case, Thank you very much for tuning into episode five. Today was our Q and A. Um, next episode, I think have we, have we decided that we're going to do our starting eleven for the Euros? I don't know if you can do that yet. No, I think you should we do that. We said we were going to wait until the Euros, the actual Euros. Yeah. yeah. Right, we'll, we'll we'll go away and we'll discuss about what we're going to do for episode six. But um, yeah, five episodes so far. I think we're we're going strong. Um, yeah, t- tune in tune in next week for episode six and um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So um, thank you very much for listening and until next time, see you later.